Chapter Twenty One of Scarhaven Keep. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Scarhaven Keep by Joseph Smith Fletcher. Chapter Twenty One Marooned. To each of these three young people, this was the most surprising moment which life had yet afforded. It was an astonishing thing to find a fellow mortal there at all but to find that mortal was the Scarhaven estate agent was literally short of marvellous. What was also astounding was to see Chatfield's only too evident distress. Swathed in a heavy, old-fashioned ulster, with a plaid shawl round his shoulders and a deer-stalker hat tied over head and ears with a bandana handkerchief, he sat on the beach nursing his knees, slightly rocking his fleshy figure to and fro, and moaning softly with the regularity of a minute-bell his eyes were fixed on the dark expanse of waters at his feet his lips when he was not moaning worked incessantly as he rocked his body he beat his toes on the shingle clearly chatfield was in a bad way mentally that he was not so badly off materially was made evident by the presence of a half-open kit-bag which obviously contained food and a bottle of spirits for any notice that he took of them audrey vickers and copplestone might have been no more than the pebbles on which they stood in spite of the fact that vickers shone the light on his fat face and the three inquisitive pairs of eyes were trained on it chatfield continued to stare moodily and disgustedly out to sea and to take no notice of his gratuitous company and so utterly extraordinary was his behaviour and attitude that Audrey suddenly and almost involuntarily stepped forward and laid a hand on his shoulder. "'Mr. Chatfield!' she exclaimed. "'What's the matter? Are you ill?' The emphasis which she gave to the last word roused some quality of Chatfield's subtle intellect. He flashed a swift look at his questioner, a look of mingled contempt and derision, spiced with a dash of sneering humour, and he found his tongue. "'Ill!' he snorted ill she asks if i'm ill me a respectable man what's maltreated and robbed before his own eyes by them as ought to fall in humble gratitude at his feet ill ay ill with something that's worse nor any bodily aches and pains let me tell you that but not done for neither he's all right said copplestone that's a flash of his old spirit you're all right chatfield aren't you and who's robbed and maltreated you and how and when, especially when, did you come here? Chatfield looked up at his old assailant with a glare of dislike. You keep your tongue to yourself, young feller, he growled. I should never have been here at all if it hadn't been for the likes of you. A poke in your nose where it isn't wanted. It's cause of you three coming aboard of that there yacht last night as I am here. A castaway. Well, we're castaways too, Mr. Chatfield, said Audrey and we can't help believing that it's all your naughty conduct that's made us so. Why don't you tell the truth? Chatfield uttered a few grumpy and inarticulate sounds. It'll be a bad day for more than one when I do that, as I will, he muttered presently. Oh, I, I'll tell the truth, when it suits me, but I'll be out of this first. You'll never get out of this first or last unless you tell us how you got in, said Vickers, assuming a threatening tone. "'You'd better tell us all about it, you know. "'Come now, you know me in my firm.' Chatfield laughed grimly and shook his much-swathed head. "'I ought to,' he said. "'I've given him more than one nice job, "'and said naught about their bills o' costs, neither, my lad. 
you keep a civil tongue in your mouth i ain't done for yet no ways you let me get off this here place wherever it is and within touch of a telegraph office and i'll make somebody suffer andreas of course said copplestone come now he put you ashore before he sent us off didn't he why don't you own up never you mind young feller retorted chatfield i was feeling very cast down but i'm better i've something that'll keep me going revenge i'll show em once i'm off this place i will so look here chatfield said vickers do you know where this place is what is it is it on the mainland or is it an island or where are we it's all very well talking about getting off but when and how are we to get off why don't you be sensible and tell us what you know the estate agent arose slowly and ponderously drawing his shawl about him he looked out seawards in that black waste the steady beat of the yacht's propellers could be clearly heard but not a gleam of light came from her and it was impossible to decide in which direction she was going and chatfield suddenly shook his fist at the throbbing sound which came in regular pulsations through the night never mind he said sneeringly we aren't at the north pole neither i ain't a seafaring man but i've a good idea of where we are and perhaps there won't be naught to take me off when it's daylight and perhaps there won't be no telegraphs near at hand nor within a hundred miles and perhaps there ain't such a blessed person as that there marconi and his wireless in the world oh no just you wait my fine fellers that's all he's not addressing us vickers said copplestone you're decidedly better chatfield you're quite better the notion of revenge and of circumvention has come to you like balm but you'd a lot better tell us who you're referring to and why you were put ashore listen chatfield there's property of your own on that yacht eh that it come now chatfield gave his questioner a look of indignant scorn he stooped for the kit-bag picked it up and turned away i don't want to have naught to do with you he remarked over his shoulder you keep yourselves to yourselves and i'll keep myself to myself if it hadn't been for what you blabbed out last night them ungrateful devils would never have had such ideas put into their heads as if he knew his way chatfield plodded heavily up the beach and was lost in the darkness and the three left behind stood helplessly staring at each other for a long time there was silence broken only by the agent's heavy tread on the shingle at last vickers spoke i think i can see through all this he said chatfield's cryptic utterances were somewhat suggestive robbed maltreated them as ought to have fallen in humble gratitude at his feet vengeance revenge marconi telegrams ungrateful devils ah i see it chatfield had associates on the pike probably the impostor himself and andreas probably too he had property of his own as you suggested to him copplestone the whole gang was doubtless off with their loot to far quarters of the globe very good the other members have shelved chatfield they've done with him but not if he knows it that man will hunt the pike and her people whoever they are relentlessly when he gets off this i wish we knew what it is that we're on said copplestone impossible till daybreak replied vickers but i've an idea this is probably one of the seventy-odd islands of the orkneys i've sailed round here before if i'm right it's most likely one of the outlying and uninhabited ones andreas or his controlling power has dropped us and chatfield here knowing that we may have to spend a few days on this island before we succeed in getting off 
those few days will mean a great deal to the pike she can be run into some safe harbourage on this coast given a new coat of paint and a new name and be off before we can do anything to stop her i allow chatfield to be right in this that my perhaps too hasty declaration to andreas revealed to that gentleman how he could make off with other people's property nothing will make me believe that andreas is the solely responsible person for this last development said copplestone moodily there were other people on board cleverly concealed and what are we going to do audrey had stepped away from the circle of light made by the lantern and was gazing steadily in the direction which chatfield had taken those are cliffs surely she said presently hadn't we better go up the beach and see if we can't find some shelter until morning fortunately we're all warmly clad and andreas was considerate enough to throw rugs and things into the boat as well as provisions come along after all we're not so badly off and we have the satisfaction of knowing that we can keep chatfield under observation remember that but in the morning when the first gleam of light came across the sea and vickers leaving his companions to prepare some breakfast from the store of provisions which had been sent ashore with them set out to make a first examination of their surroundings the agent was not to be seen what was to be seen was a breach of rock sand shingle not a mile in length lying at the foot of high cliffs and on the grey sea in front not a sign of a sail nor a wisp of smoke from a passing steamer the apparent solitude and isolation of the place was as profound as the silence which overhung everything vickers made his way up the cliffs to their highest point and from its summit took a leisurely view of his surroundings he saw at once that they were on an island and that it was but one of many which lay spread out over the sea towards the north and the west it was a wedge-shaped island this and the cliffs on which he stood and the beach beneath formed the widest side of it from thence its lines drew away to a point in the distance which he judged to be two miles off between him and that point lay a sloping expanse of rough land never cultivated since creation whereon there were vast masses of rock and boulder but no sign of human life no curling column of smoke went up from hut or cottage his ears caught neither the bleating of sheep nor the cry of shepherd all was still as only such places can be still nor could he perceive any signs of life on the adjacent islands which to be sure were not very near from the sea mists which wrapped one of them he saw projecting the cap of a mountainous hill that hill he recognized as being on one of the principal islands of the group and he then knew that he and his companions had been set down on one of the outlying islands which from its position was not in the immediate way of passing vessels nor likely to be visited by fishermen he was turning away from the top of the cliffs after a long and careful inspection when he caught sight of a man's figure crossing the rocky slope between him and this far-off point that he said to himself was chatfield did chatfield know of any place at that point visited by fishing craft from the other islands had chatfield ever been in the orkneys before was there any method in his wanderings or was he too merely examining his surroundings considering which was the likeliest part of the island from which to attract attention in the midst of these speculations a sudden resolution came to him one or other of the three must keep an eye on chatfield night or day chatfield must be watched and having already seen that copplestone and audrey had an unmistakable liking for each other's society and would certainly not object to being left together he determined to watch chatfield himself 
hurrying down the cliffs he hastily explained the situation to his companions took some food in his hands and set out to follow the agent wherever he went End of chapter twenty one